I, I, I maybe I did play it just a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative and your on-campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> time it is when you hear that siren it's time for frank's power play frank welcome back to the show after having a week off yeah and there's been a lot that's gone down in the nhl especially in the uh pink slip department as we've had two coaches get canned and one of them happens to be from your blackhawks joel quenville was fired earlier this week which kind of came, which I'm not saying it came as a complete shock to everyone because I think I had mentioned before the season that his seat was getting kind of warm after they had, after since winning their last cup, they had two first round exits and missed the playoffs altogether. And they had gotten off to, to a kind of an okay start. It wasn't, wasn't real good, but it wasn't like they were getting and destroyed every night and not winning games. So he gets fired and replaced by Jeremy Colleton, who actually had a cup of coffee with the New York Islanders back in the day. Only 33 years old, and he actually played against uh, the Hawks defenseman Brent Seabrook in World Juniors in 2004. So why was Quenville fired? Well, some of it did have to do with probably their lack of success after winning their last cup, getting bounced in... Two the first round, two years in a row. Oh, and missing all together. Although last year, I really don't blame it all on coaching. A lot of guys got hurt. But then I happened to be listening to the Spitting Chicklets podcast from Barstool Sports, and I believe it was uh, Ryan Whitney who said that there had been a lot of not seeing eye to eye between him, and, between Quenville and GM Stan Bowman after. Bowman had traded away Artemi Panarin to the Blue Jacks to get Brandon Saad back, and then also trading away Nick Jalmerson, who was another key piece to their cups. It was kind of stuff that uh, that rubbed Quenville and others the wrong way. So, yeah, that too. I guess, plus, I heard he he he's more of a veteran type of coach, and they're getting these young yeah. guys in and. Let's face it, the Blackhawks, they signed a lot of guys that helped them get the cup, but they're older now. I mean, Seabrook is not the same anymore. Seabrook's in his his mid-30s. Right, Duncan Keith, another guy. Duncan Keith is in his mid-30s. Look, to steal a quote from LeVar Ball, Father Time is undefeated, never lost. And plus, it doesn't help that they've got 10-plus million tied up in Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. And I guess when... uh, when uh, Stan Bowman traded away there, and I guess that really irked Patrick Kane, which, I mean, and there's people who'll say, look, you got a franchise player, you have to have listened to his input somewhat. I'm not saying Patrick Kane was being like LeBron James, 
<laughs> in the locker room and tried to go behind Quenville's back or any BS like that. But you at least got to say, hey, if if I'm really work, if we got a guy a team that's really working well with me and performing well, the numbers speak for themselves. Why do you got to move him? And of course, Panarin is been doing pretty well with the Columbus Blue Jackets, but it doesn't sound like he's going to be re-signed there. In fact, I I believe it was Whitney who said that his new contract will probably start with the number eleven or twelve. He's gonna make, he's gonna make some, you're gonna have to back the brakes truck up for him. I guess the problem what I see with this is is that if you're gonna fire Quinville and make a fresh new star, you probably should have fired him at the end of the year. And two years ago when they got bounced from the playoffs, they weren't really expecting to make the playoffs and get that number one seed. They actually outplayed what their expectations were. So I thought Quinville did a really good job and in his tenure there for about a decade, he got three cups. But at the same time, though, if, if you, it, this is what I say about anything in pro sports. If you got a direction you want to go in, you know Quinville is the type of coach that he is. Just let him go. Just like Ty Lue with the Cavs. Just, just let him go. Say it was a great ride and move on. Don't wait till you get into the part of the season and just fire him. I mean, I just think that was kind of disrespectful on their part. And then they bring in one of the youngest coaches in the league from the, the AHL. I mean, this is pretty obvious what the Blackhawks are doing. They're rebuilding. And how the NHL's bargaining agreement structure set up, once you kind of build the dynasty, once the guys are starting to cash in, eventually you're going to hit the brakes and dive. And the Blackhawks are a prime example of that. Well, and another thing, too. Quenville, I'm pretty sure he's going to find employment oh, somewhere yeah. else as a head coach. Because oh, yeah. he's got... He's second all-time in wins with 890. He's technically got four cups because he won one as an assistant in Colorado under Mark Crawford in 96. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he'll he'll pop up somewhere. I've heard possibly he could end up in uh, maybe Seattle down the road when they come into the league. Only time will tell. So right now the current coach who has current active coach who has the most wins is Barry Trotz of the Islanders with 770. That's a dumpster fire. <laughs> so, excuse me. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not worried about Quinville at all. He'll land on his feet, but for the Blackhawks, they probably could have kept him till the end of the season and then just let it play out. Um, I mean, I think really it's a godsend that they fired him. It really helped out Quinville. He doesn't have to put more losses on in the L column for him. But they should have been at least gentlemen and respectful as an organization and said, you know what, Joel, you know, we're going to probably go in a different direction. Uh, it, we, we're going to have to let you go. I mean, that, that just was kind of obvious where the Blackhawks were going because they sure as hell weren't going to contend this year. But then you never know. Joel might even end up with the Red Wings. You might get lucky and get him. Yeah. But Quenville wasn't the only coach who got fired. The other coach was John Stevens of the Los Angeles Kings. But, of course, the Kings have not been anywhere close to the same caliber that they were when they won a couple of cups and they won one in 2012 and 2014. And of course, after they stuck it up for a couple of seasons, they sent Daryl Sutter packing. Stevens gets promoted to head coach. They make the playoffs, yet I believe they got swept by the Las Vegas Golden Knights last year. But they got off to a bad start and their front office said, uh, See you later. Rob Blake, the GM there, told him to get out. And they ended up replacing him with Willie Deschardins, who was the former coach of the Vancouver Canucks. And 
Didn't really do too well there. They did bring in Adam Oates as a consultant just to kind of help maybe with their offense a little bit because they have had issues scoring goals. Kings had gotten off to a 4-8-1 start for the record. And plus, it doesn't help that that minor Jonathan Quick has been injured quite frequently. So, things not going so well in La La Land. Everyone thinks that the Lakers are in rough shape. The Kings are saying, hold my beer. And as for any speculation on kind of shifting back to Quenville a little bit, I thought he would possibly go to Los Angeles. That didn't happen. There's talk that he may end up in Detroit if they fire Jeff Blaschel. I'm not so sure that's necessarily going to be the case because, for one, he's kind of believing it. He doesn't really like playing young guys, as you alluded to earlier. I think they said maybe he could end up in St. Louis, but that would open up another can of worms because the Blues are the Blackhawks' chief rival in the Central Division even going back to the old Norris Division days. and But I think Quenville could end up there because he served there previously as a head coach in the early 2000s. And I think Mike Yo's seat is probably getting warmer there as well. And I said before, if the Red Wings make a coaching change, they would probably just promote Dan Bilesma, who's an assistant there right now. And as for other coaches who are supposedly on the hot seat, I did happen to stumble across something from Pro Hockey Talk on, by Adam Gretz on NBC Sports. The Pittsburgh Penguins, which uh, the story on there is, will the real Pittsburgh Penguins please stand up? Where they've looked great on some nights and then looked like absolute dog doo-doo on other nights. And I guess Jim Rutherford has made it well known that he's not happy with what they're doing and he says he uh, doesn't like it so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they keep sticking it up if something happens to shake the tree I don't know if that means making a trade or anything like that I have a hard time seeing him firing Mike Sullivan as head coach because he's won two cups and last year they could have had they could have had their chance at the Miami Heat three-peat but I think that wouldn't have happened because you play a lot of games. It's not too likely you're going to three-peat trademark Pat Riley. So that's the news on the coaching front. Some other news, and this is stuff that's kind of broke throughout the day. Montreal Canadiens forward Tomas Placanis has announced his retirement. As earlier today, he was placed on unconditional waivers for the purpose of terminating his contract. GM Mark Bergevin said that the development of the young guys on the team like Phil Deneau, Max Domi, and Yasperi Kutkaniemi said that it felt it was time to move on and go with the kids. Here's a quote from Bergevin. The organization made a hockey decision regarding the future of Placanets. It was a tough decision to make. Tomas will always be a part of the Canadian's family. So his cap hit will come off the books and it was a mutual decision. So I'm not sure. So probably Pocant is going to end up going back to Europe and probably coaching there. And he's played all but 17 of his 1,001 career NHL games in Montreal. 
Had a heck of a career, though. Probably one of the best guys to never win a Stanley Cup. He was. He did have a cup of coffee with the Maple Leafs last season after he was traded there. And fortunately, it didn't work out that well for him where he couldn't get past the Boston Bruins. So that'll be interesting to see what happens in Montreal. They're kind of going with the youth movement. And then we have something that broke not too long ago within the last uh, couple hours. Boston Bruins goaltender Tuka Rask has been granted a leave of absence from the team relating to a personal matter. GM Don Sweeney said that it's not health-related and it's, quote, important to respect his privacy and allow him to deal with it for the next few days. So definitely hope that all's well with Tuka Rask and whatever issue he has does get resolved so he can get back out of the ice as he didn't really do too well the other night against the Vancouver Canucks where they lost 8-5. to five. He allowed three goals on 14 shots. Hasn't really gotten off to a great start, so... But then again, the Bruins also have Yaroslav Halak, who's played well in relief for them. So it's just stuff that will bear watching. And then kind of the other big story of the week was an incident that happened down in Arizona, off the ice, involving players from the Ottawa Senators. I believe... I didn't happen to hear who all was involved. I did hear the names Matt Duchesne and Mark Stone. They apparently took an Uber in Arizona and didn't tip the Uber driver. And what does Mr. Uber driver decide to do? He decides to record their video conversation to begin with. And he sends it out to Barstool and whatever outlet wants to pick it up. And now this is just another her can of gas being thrown on the dumpster fire that is the Ottawa Senators. Well, it could be good, though. At, at least I think sometimes in sports, yeah, I understand. You, you've you been around teams. I've been around teams. I've coached teams. And, and you've been in the media. I've been in the media. Maybe this is stuff that needed to be said to get an awakening. You know, it, it kind of sucks when people just stand there and see stuff going wrong and talk under their breath or talk behind people's backs now that it's out in the open. Now, I don't agree with what the Uber driver did. But it might be actually something to light a fire under this organization or something so that stuff can get changed. Yeah, I, I understand what you're getting at. But the thing is, everyone who's coming out with like this faux outrage, like, oh my god, I can't believe they said that. Stop. I mean, look, co- I've been around coaches when they say stuff about players, what the players aren't obviously listening. They might be disgusted at the way they performed in practice or in a game and say that they've got to do something to be better. And I mean, they're, they're not caught. They're not, I haven't heard of say that he's a insert word here that I can't say on the air or anything like that. Just they, it's pretty much calling a spade a spade and say, you know what? So-and-so's gotta be better. This isn't acceptable. And everyone, but everyone getting outraged about it just needs to chill out. And plus, this and plus things that this is, like I said, another black eye on the senators because they have had stuff going on for the last, at least within the last year, maybe more. Going back to the trade for Matt Duchesne, which I still think was a bad idea for them because they ended up having to send 
They sent Kyle Turris to Nashville. They sent a couple of their prospects to Colorado and not including first round picks. So now Colorado has their first round pick in this year's draft that the Senators end up get winning the lottery. Their pick is not lottery protected, so they could lose out on that. So it's just really, I just think they're kind of, they've become the, I know I've said the Red Wings have been bad. Well, the Ottawa Senators are just a toxic waste dump. So that's the story there. Yeah, it is, and and, and it sucks too. I mean, I you know I always hate to see in pro sports why you see why certain teams are always toxic waste dumps, as you like to say. The management's just poor, and obviously there's some owners that are just out to make a profit. There's some owners that meddle too much. Uh, it, yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. And I feel I feel bad. I really do. I, I really think in professional sports, you know, give at least these athletes a chance to compete. Because think about it, you put so much into your craft to be good, and then next thing you know, you got some Yahoo owner that just doesn't get it. Yeah, that is true. So now we'll <clears throat> take a quick look at the standings mm-hmm. for this Saturday, the 10th of November. Now, it's been a month since hockey has started, hasn't it? We, we're a month into yeah, the season. We're, yes. Okay, go And ahead. currently, a month into the season, in the Atlantic Division, the Tampa Bay Lightning... No one's surprised. They're in first place with 25 points. Maple Leafs sitting in second with 20. And the Canadians, who everybody, including myself, thought was going to be a dumpster fire, are sitting right in third place, 19 points. I mentioned Tomas McCann's retiring, but I think the youth movement's starting to take over in Montreal, and there's guys who are performing well. I know that everyone was wondering how well... Somebody like Tomas Tatar was going to perform after they traded Max Pacioretty to the Canadians for him. And Tatar has been surprisingly good. Well, Pacioretty, on the other hand, not so much. Over in the Metropolitan Division, would you believe that the New York Islanders, no John Tavares, who after he said see you later and went to Toronto during the summer, are sitting in first place, 8-5-2. They just keep on trucking. Washington Capitals sitting in second. Hips at 7-4-3. Columbus Blue Jackets sitting in third place. There was some talk that Joel Quadville could end up there if Tortorella gets whacked. I don't see that happening right now. The two wildcard spots being occupied by the Boston Bruins and the Buffalo Sabres. So now it looks like things are starting to look better in Buffalo. The rest of the East, in no part, in the rest of the order in the East, in terms of wild card standings, Philadelphia Flyers, Carolina Hurricanes, David the Man of God Harris's Pittsburgh Penguins, the New York Rangers, Ottawa Senators, who I think Water's starting to find the level there because they did drop to a decent start, but they're coming back down. New Jersey Devils, <coughs> the Red Wings who are second to last, and the Florida Panthers, who sit dead last in the East with 11 points. Over in the West, the Nashville Predators holding down the top spot in the Central Division. Minnesota Wild are doing better than what I expected, sitting comfortably in second place, followed by the Dallas Stars, who seem to have ironed out some of their bugs that they suffered last year. 
over in the Pacific, the Vancouver Canucks. This is another team that has been the that was a dumpster fire for a couple of years. They've seemingly got things going thanks to rookie Elias Pettersson, who has drawn a lot of comparisons to the Russian Rocket Pavel Bure. Pettersson playing very well. Looks like he could win the Calder Trophy at this point. Only time will tell. But things definitely going well in Vancouver. Or as they lead the Pacific, the Calgary Flames sitting in second. San Jose Sharks tied with the Flames, 19 points. The wild card spots currently held by the Winnipeg Jets and the Colorado Avalanche. And then it's a log jam as the first two teams out would be the Edmonton Oilers and Anaheim Ducks, who each have 11 points. Arizona Coyotes sitting above 500 have probably been have made the most significant improvement from where they were at this time last year to where they are now. Where I think at this time last year they only won one game, and now they're actually sitting with seven wins and six losses and one loss in in overtime. So things are definitely starting to go the right way in Arizona as they had to trust the process. Who knows if they can break through and get into the playoffs, but looking better. The Vegas Golden Knights, I guess they've been the ones who have gotten the Stanley Cup final hangover as they seemingly can't get out of their own way. The Blackhawks currently sitting 7th, 10th in the wild cards, but the St. Louis Blues and LA Kings round it out. That's a look at your standings on this Saturday, the 10th day of November. Frank already looking at playoff spots in the month of November. I'm just only only just saying what the standings are at this point because usually about then you kind of get get an idea where everybody is. And I think some of these teams, teams that have have been surprisingly good, it'll be interesting to see if they can sustain that or if they're going to peter out and fall off. And those that are not doing so well, well, that you expected to do well if they can get out of their own way and get going. Mm-hmm. Take a quick look at some of the le- leaders right now in points. That's currently being led by Nico Rantanen of the Colorado Avalanche, 24 points, one ahead of Connor McDavid. Rantanen's teammate Nathan McKinnon sitting the tied for third, 22 points, tied with Senators defenseman Thomas Shabbat playing very well. Patrick Kane, 21 points, and Patrice Bergeron of Boston of 21, rounding out the top five. Uh, taking a look at goals. Right now, we've got a four-way tie for first in goals as Patrick Kane, Alex Ovechkin, David Pasternak, and Timo Meyer each have 12 they are tied for the league lead in goals. And then we've got a three-way tie behind them with Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog, and Jeff Skinner. Followed by Connor McDavid, Elias Pettersson, Kyle Palmieri. A little bit of a surprise of the Devils. Leon Dreisaitl, Austin Matthews, and Philippe Forsberg with 10 goals apiece. Taking a look at assists. Rantanen leads that with 19. Shabbat. And Brent Burns, 17. Jack Eichel, 15. Mitch Marner, Sebastian Ajo, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Nick Backstrom, Blake Wheeler, Mark Giordano, 
with 14 to round out the top five. Uh, I'm taking a look at goaltending stats right now. If I can find that. Right now, Pecorine of the National Predators leading the league in goals against with 1.55 and save percentage with 9.49. Andre Vasilevsky leading in wins with 9. Right behind him, Freddie Anderson of the Maple Leafs with 8. And we have a four-way tie high behind them with, with guys with seven wins. Marc-Andre Fleury, Martin Jones, Devin Dubnik, and Jacob Markstrom. So that's a look at your stat leaders as well. And that will pretty much do it for my power play on this Saturday, the 10th day of November in the year of our Lord, 2018. Right, that was that for you here on 88.3 WGTs. After further review, the end of Frank's power play. What you got going on this weekend, Frank? Well, I will be headed to Cassopolis to cover Monroe St. Mary's Catholic Central in their mm-hmm. regional playoff game. Winner advances to the state semifinals. Likely end up facing Madison Heights Madison in the state semifinals. Ooh. So this should be a good game. Going over to the west side of Michigan, I know it's going to be cold, though. But I, I know, I've know i kind of been keeping tabs on Cassopolis a little bit. I actually know a couple of people out that way. And they said that they've been rickrolling through their competition. So it's definitely going to be an interesting game. When we get together next time, we're going to talk a little bit of subject about with uh, Travis Pant actually uh, messaged me about some of the skewed things of playoff teams and it was something that you didn't mention in your last segment when we went live in the studio uh, so we got to bring that back up either next week or the week oh, after God. yeah yeah i actually i actually talked to travis about that because I, I had i found out through bruce of sources who i'm not going to out here that he reached out to you yeah, he did. Or was it the other way around? No, he, you didn't. You didn't hear it from me. I know he reached out to me, and we had a good conversation. He kind of wanted to clarify because he was a guy that you were talking about about bad football. He wanted to clarify his point. Well, and I, well, I was only trying my best not to throw him under the bus, too. But. Right, right. Yeah, totally understandable. Yeah, I understand. yeah. That was, and he he understood. He said, "Hey, I appreciate you not to try to put me on blast." I, I said, "Okay, I'm just." I'm just going to play. I'm going to play fair. Just say that this was some person who shall remain anonymous. Right. Exactly. Totally. Uh-huh. All right. Yes, yeah, sir. And, and, and then you got basketball and everything else too, right, Frank? Yep. We've got practice going on. Uh, uh, we've got roster is pretty much set right now. We're just get, getting ready to go for first game is November 27th at Bedford. Ooh, at Bedford. Okay, our first game will be November 29th. So I think you guys play Tuesday, and then we play Thursday. Yep, that is correct. Nice, Frank. Well, once again, thanks for calling in, giving us your power play as usual, and then uh, next week we'll uh, chat it up some more. All right, sounds good, Derek. Thank you. All right, take it easy, Frank. All right. That was Frank Vashner with the power play for you here on 88.3 WGTs. After further review, make sure you always check us out. 
on uh, After Further Review, either through SoundCloud or on iTunes. WHT After Further Review on SoundCloud and just After Further Review on iTunes. Make sure you give us a like, subscribe, give us some stars so we can get the podcast out more into the wide world of sports community and everything like that. Anyway, once again, thanks to Frank giving you that long power play. Both him and David took a week off, or David took a couple of weeks off, but he took a week off as well. Anyway, we'll have more power or more after further review coming up next here on 88.3 WXUT. Be back right after this. <laughs> 